conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm delighted to have Gerilyn Glass with us. She is a sound healing practitioner and crystal singing bowl master alchemist, as well as an internationally known singer and professor. One of her many gifts is her personal alchemy of classical music, meditation, and high vibrational sound. Gerilyn uses her gifts to inspire and heal, holding a space of love, embodiment, integration, and empowerment. Her musical career has taken her all over the world, and her credits are too numerous for me to go into (laughs) right now, but I will have a link in the show notes that will take you to all the information so you can find out more about this beautiful soul. Um, I began to know about Gerilyn through the work of Dr. Sue Mortar. She's done a lot of work um, with Dr. Sue. And in fact, Gerilyn, you're mentioned in the energy codes. That was the first time I ever saw your name was uh, when I I read that book. And she has this beautiful story there about, um, about how your lives intersected in... Um, in Peru? No, it wasn't Peru. In Peru, yeah. Was it Peru? Okay. Um, and so I wondered if you would like to start with that beautiful story. Sure. First, thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's, it's a delight so, to be here with you. It's an honor to have you. Thank you. Oh. Yes, I, I met Dr. Sue in 2015 at probably the lowest point in my life. And... Um, my 19-year-old son had passed away, and he was a, a ski racer and an athlete, and we had visited many high peaks in the world together, and Machu Picchu was on our bucket list. And after he passed away on the night he died, he began communicating with me through sound vibration. So on that night, um, I walked down to the ocean. I live in Southern California and um, with a dear, dear friend who had known my son, his name is Dylan, which means born of the sea. And a dear friend who had known Dylan since he was a little boy came and stayed with me. And we walked down to the ocean. As as I looked up at the sky, I saw this huge shooting star that seemed to be like a, a, a huge upside down smile. And I could hear a sound like a whoosh. And in that moment, I could hear Dylan's voice, Mom, Mom. And he was, he was a big kid. He was six foot three and 230 pounds. Mom, I made it. It's like we always talked about. I'm home. I'm with God. And I could hear his voice as clear as if he was right, right there with me. And Peter, my friend, we both looked up in the sky at the same time. We both saw this shooting star that seemed to begin by my parents' home where I had grown up and Dylan had stayed with me, with my mom, um, across the L.A. basin and land in the mountains behind L.A. And so since that very first night, he began to communicate through sound. And he was also a musician and a talented singer and pianist. And so music was also a language that we shared. And that was the beginning of this unfolding of 
understanding which Dr. Sue has just made so clear to me throughout these last five years of the fact that in quantum science we truly are made of energy. We're made of energy. That energy gets compressed and it becomes sound vibration and light. And so I guess about two and a half months in, I really was not doing well. Um, and in these communications with him, I, I said, okay, we're going to go to Machu Picchu. That was on our bucket list. We're going to go to Machu Picchu and you tell me who we're going with. And so I opened the computer and I Googled spiritual journeys to Machu Picchu and Dr. Sue came up and I was like, oh, wow, what a beautiful lady and these beautiful blue eyes. And she looked so kind. And I watched her TED talk and I was like, okay, wow. But I kept hearing in my own head, well, we should go with a native shaman, with a native Quechuan person, a native Peruvian. And I could hear Dylan say, mom, we're going with Dr. Sue. Dr. Sue is the shaman. Mm. And that <laughs> is exactly what happened. We went on that trip, and um, Dr. Sue did a, a ritual with Dylan's picture. I had given her a little picture of Dylan, and she took it to the top of Wanapichu and did a beautiful ritual for him. And somebody shot a picture up there, and there's a beam of light that's unmistakable mm. coming from his throat to the heavens. And that also was really one of the key things that began to change everything and change my understanding of what had happened in my life and how I was going to be able to to process it and deal with it and um, you know grief is something we don't we don't talk about it's kind of it's an awkward awkward thing you don't know do you speak into it do you not mm -hmm. how do I feel it and most of the um, doctors at that time advised me to take medications, and it was like, why? You know, why should I take a medication? It's, it's not going to bring Dylan back. I need to be able to deal with it. And with the work of the energy codes, the work of my sound and my music, um, not only have I been able to deal with it, but I've been able to establish this really strong relationship with my son through energy, through sound, through light, and have come to learn that we are truly eternal beings. And in love, there really is no time and no space. That's so, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And I could feel tingling all up my back and across my back and shoulders while you were talking about Dylan. And he just... I know when I hear you speak um, in other settings, you've talked, you know, you talk about him in present tense and that he helps you to, you know, he collaborates with you. You just finished the Sacred Sound of 2020, um, which is still available for purchase, I believe. And, uh, and we can put a link to that too in the show notes. But um, you talk about how that was born out of him. He was saying, okay, mom, this is what we're going to do. And as I'm talking to you, I can feel, I can feel it again down my arms now. <laughs> He's just swirling all over the place here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you, you have deepened your connection. It, it That's my interpretation of it, but even to the extent that he collaborates with you in some of these amazing things that you've been contributing based on your own healing 
and what you've been able to find? Yeah, I think through the perspective of Dr. Sue Martyr, which she calls the bus stop, but it's understanding what are our soul contracts, you know, and of course, as a parent, your greatest joy is to watch your children grow up and to, you know, whether they go to college or go into a particular profession, their relationships, if they have a family, you know, that's a joy that most parents look forward to. And, you know, I began to understand, you know, we say in, um, in the grief work that when you lose a parent, you lose your past. And when you lose a partner, you lose your present. But when you lose a child, you lose your future. Mm-hmm. And Dylan has really taught me that I've not lost my future. It's, it's simply a different future. And he's right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he knew these, you know, I'm, I'm into the crystal alchemy singing bowls and the sound healing. Um, so I've been a musician all my professional life. I started uh, in New York in musical theater at the age of 19 and appeared on Broadway and have had the privilege to enjoy a, a long international career. Then I went into classical music and sang all over the world. And um, he was born in Germany and grew up in Germany. So he was bilingual at the end. He was trilingual. And, you know, music has always been something that held us together in any case. But um, the first real message that began to come through from him was, Mom, um, we're going to use these sound bowls. And he helped me probably a few months in. Um, He said, Mom, you got to call the bowl dudes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and we have this conversation that goes, you know, it's, so it's like, really? Like, call the bull dudes? Kid, leave me alone. I'm grieving you. And it's like, Mom, call the bull dudes. And he, as I said, he was big. You know, he had a really strong voice, and he was a very powerful young man. And um, so I did. He told me to call the bull dudes, and I did. And I ended up, I ended up ordering 11 bulls, and I chose bulls that the alchemies were alchemies that had qualities that I thought could connect me to him in an even stronger way. So I chose celestite. I chose selenite, which is grounded white light. I chose rose quartz. I chose ruby, heart stones. And when those bowls arrived and I started to play them, it was really a phenomenal thing. Um, And as I learned from Dr. Sue's work, I I started to play that selenite bowl, which was at the throat. And um, I felt this misty white presence in the room. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. And it was as if he was guiding me to use the bowl. And I started to weep and express the grief in a way that I hadn't been able to up until that point. And I'll never forget that first session as if he was teaching me how, how to do sound healing on myself. I, I was keening, I was groaning, I was crying, I was screaming, and I was expressing I had been in uh, spoken therapy. I was going six hours a week because I didn't know what to do with my grief. I didn't know how to, I just needed to talk about it. And it wasn't, it was helping, of course, but it wasn't really transforming it. It wasn't changing it. I was staying in the story in the vibration of the story of what had happened. And as I began to use the sound bowls, I'll never forget that that first time I got up and washed my face in the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and there was light in my eyes. Mm. And I had not seen light in my eyes for months. 
And it was like, wow, okay, there is something here. Mm. There's and and being a musician, I I understood the power of sound and the power as a singer when you're using your own voice and you're not uh, amplified, you know. And um, but the, what happened was the the crystal, the quartz crystal, creates this kind of sacred structure that I understood with time enabled me to drop inside there and feel what I deemed was unfeelable. You know, what I deemed, let me just push those horrendous feelings away, but, you know, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. You can't, you can't change what has happened, right? And so the bowls and the sound that gets amplified. So let's say I'm playing with rose quartz. It's the quartz is holding a solid structure. And if we talk about our bodies are 70% water. And if you think about any of the, the things from Emoto or you think about the cymatics from Dr. Hans Yeni, and you know that sacred sounds make perfect geometrical shapes. And so if you think about as you play those bowls, that those sounds are making these incredible, beautiful shapes in the very fluids of our bodies. Well, that's up-leveling us it's yeah. it's changing us at the very cellular structure right and and so if I'm playing certain combination of notes and then I'm adding a rose quartz bowl or a citrine bowl or in my case it was a selenite bowl which really helped me with the connection of heaven earth those substances in the alchemy bowls get amplified and so they're working on so many multi multi levels in our system that it really began to create a profound healing in my physical body. And that in combination with the energy codes work and learning a structure of how do I breathe? How do I anchor myself? Um, what happens when I really ground and allow feelings to be felt? Well, wow, they release, mm. they transform. Um, and I love how you talk about like you, you, you were tied up in the story and then this, the, the, because you talk about feeling things that were unfeelable and getting through that, what I'm hearing is it is, it, it's coming out of the story, but you're, you're using that pure sound and then energetically it's restructuring. It's working beyond that layer of the story, bringing it more in and then actually working kind of on the lattice work of the energy of your physical body and your emotional body and so on to transmute that pain. Is that accurate? Yes, and I think you you begin to understand. So in working with, so for me, working with all the different notes, and if we talk for a moment about that each chakra has a particular note associated with it, and um, if we go to the chakra 10, which is the deeply grounding chakra, or the deeply rooting chakra below the feet. And we talk about chakras eight and nine, which are two feet above the head and then two feet above that. So chakras eight and nine being your life purpose and your soul purpose. Some people call it the North Star. Um, by using also those sounds and learning how to run the breath up and down the central channel. So totally rooting two feet below the feet in chakra 10 and then allowing the breathwork of Dr. Mortar to go up and down the central channel, up and out the crown, touching chakras eight and nine, 
I was able to understand, my goodness, there is a bigger picture. There is truly a soul purpose, a soul contract. And as I was able to get this bird's eye view and you look down on the bigger picture of everything, I began to understand there's so much more here. And my connection with Dylan really is eternal. We, I mean, I'll never forget when he was born and the first moment that I held him in my arms and looked in those little eyes. And of course, I don't think babies can really focus and see you, but it was as if I'll never forget that moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hi, mom. Okay. Is that what you look like this time around? It was like it was a, a recognition that we had been together so many times and people would say mm -hmm. to us, oh, you guys are so unbelievably close. But there was like a there was just this, yeah, we've been together many, many, many times. And um, so to be able to get this bird's eye view and to understand that, you know, all things are truly happening for the unfolding of our magnificence and the unfolding of, of our awakening. You know, what are we truly here to learn in this human form? And of course, you know, you want a life that's, that's happy and abundant and healthy and all those things that we dream about but to be able to understand that I could love as deeply as I love my son and lose him in this human form but also gain this relationship that's so incredible you know that for him to say to me okay mom you know we're doing sound healing and then this whole world of sound healing began to unfold and um I began to be able to do my music again. I took a year hiatus where hiatus where I didn't I didn't sing at all. I couldn't sing at all. And then, you know, the doors were opening with people like Greg Braden and Nina Morjani and of course with Dr. Sue and um that I was able to offer Marianne Williamson my my music in these more spiritual settings. It was like, Geraldine, you have to understand that Dylan is he's bridging, he's bridging heaven and earth. He's teaching me there's a gateway there. There's a, there's a bridge. There's a connection that I, I think without his passing, I'm not sure that I ever would have come to. And of course I miss him dearly. And of course I'd love to watch him grow up and, and all those things. But he always says to me, mom, I'm right here. Like I'm right here. Like, come on, mom, you know, and to, to say, okay, we're going on this sound healing journey. And then all these, you know, doors begin to open and, and then to say, okay, mom, we're going to now do, we're going to do an online series. And I'm like, you know, we have these dialogues like, right, Sonny, you know, first you make me a sound healer. <laughs> now you're going to make me an interviewer? I don't think so. And it's like, come on, mom. And this is what it's called. It's called the sacred science of sound. And this is who you're going to invite. And, you know, one thing led to the next, led to the next. And he's helping me to bring this incredible blossoming of sound as a medicine and sound, which has been an ancient healing modality since the beginning of time and every single culture, right, has used some kind of sound for healing. It's like, mom, you know, we're waking up and we got to share that with the young people and we have to share that with the world and I'm helping and here we are. Oh, wow. wow. It's, it really does seem as though your, your path just got really accelerated and diverted in a, in a whole new direction through through this experience and what a blessing for the rest of us because I have learned so much through you know your sacred sound series for example um, one thing that I love that you talked about was and you talked a little bit about the chakras um, here 
but you you talk in uh, in that series about the the chakras versus the endocrine system. So you have one you had one session where you were really focused on the chakras, and then another one where uh, the blend of the notes of the bowls that you were using were focused more on the endocrine system. And I was fascinated by by that. I mean, I didn't even know that 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 was a thing. <laughs> so. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that, but I found that really interesting. Thank you. Yeah, that is, that is, it's fun. I'm thinking about um, one of the students that was in our four-day intensive training. She's a well-established uh, psychologist years in her profession. And, you know, she heard me perform at one of Greg Braden's events, and then she wanted to join the training and use some of the sound with her clients. And she said to me, you know, Geraldine, frankly, I, I really couldn't imagine what could you possibly teach us in four days. Like all you do is tap the bowl and swirl it. <laughs> and you can tap it going right and you can tap it going left. Like what else can you teach us? And she said, I'm I'm totally blown away at how much how rich this whole yeah. subject matter is. And so being a musician, of course, it's it's really, really fun. And I had this language that I'd been steeped in basically my whole life. So the white notes on the piano are the notes of the chakra system. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, and high D is when we're talking about chakras eight and nine. And the black notes on the piano, the five black notes, C sharp, D sharp, F sharp, G sharp, and A sharp, are the notes that correspond to the glands of the endocrine system. And so I always tease and I always say, I never met a bowl I didn't like because they're <laughs> all doing something, you know, wonderful for uplifting and healing and you know if you understand music at all you can depending on what key you're playing in you can mix the black notes and the white notes and there's just endless possibilities of of things you can do but if we stay pure like what you're talking about what I shared in the sacred science of sound is a meditation that just focuses on simply the notes of the chakra system up and down and another meditation that focuses on the endocrine system so for example that first bowl that I used when I was processing my grief was actually a G sharp. Okay. So if we had the note of a G, that would have been a white note, the plain um, throat chakra. But the G sharp is at the parathyroid thyroid glands. And so all those black notes work two chakras. So it's actually, actually working chakra five and chakra six. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's really so rich. And then, again, you combine the alchemy. So that particular bowl was selenite. So if you imagine selenite at the throat chakra, between the throat and the third eye, so between your visionary capability, your ability to see into the unknown, to see light in the darkness in combination with your throat and activating the glands that regulate metabolism, profound. And then you add this alchemy of selenite that is clearing, cleansing, grounded white light, connection heaven earth. And so for every person, because there's so many variables in each of the notes, and then there's the tunings on top of that, you know, is it music today, 440? Is it music more from the Baroque time, 432 hertz? Or is it what we call today 528, which is a more spiritual, unconditional love frequency tuning? Um, There's so many variations, which Uh, are as individual as we are and they will affect people as very individually yeah 
for for one person, what is a a sound that is very uncomfortable might be for another person something that's just absolutely heart opening. And it depends where in our systems we have blockages, where we carry traumas, um, how the sound meets that. You know, does it entrain with that with that blockage, and then does it dissolve it? Does it lift it and elevate it? It's this is the magic. This is it's the magic of music. I I always talk about you know, that the sound can go even beyond where words and human touch and even beyond where medicines can go. It, it takes us in that place of the ineffable where we can't, we can't describe what it is. We just know we feel joy or we feel a relief or a release or the tears start flowing um, or the pain is suddenly gone. And, you know, as Dr. Sue teaches too, like you don't have to name it. You don't have to go back into the story and go, well, I had this, you know, and this, and then this. No, you have to be able to feel what the energy is. So in my case, it was just, it was deep grief and pain and regret and longing and et cetera, et cetera. And the sound creates a structure. We allow ourselves to drop in there. We breathe and we move it and we feel it and it dissolves. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, the, it, and sound is pure vibration. So it is, it just moves right through you, just like you're talking about. Um, I'm curious if you, if you have, if you know, do you need to be in like a meditative state to really benefit from it? Or is it, is it the same if you just have it on like while you're cooking dinner or while you're, you know, doing thoughtless things, you know, where it's just kind of on in the background? Does it still have that same power? That's a great question. I mean, I'm thinking about a friend and colleague, Simrit, who's a beautiful musician, and she always talks about just having um, uplifting, high vibrational music on in the background so that you always have these high vibes going. I mean, in this case, if we talk about the Crystal Alchemy singing bowls, they are definitely, as I described earlier about what what the sacred geometry shapes, what happens in water, and that our bodies are made of 70% water approximately, um, if you can imagine, if you have this on in the background, it's uplifting you. It's bringing a kind of inspiration. It's truly raising the vibrational frequency at the cellular level. And so what happens is your consciousness begins to raise. Like I'll find that, um, like my mom, who who often throughout my life has triggered me, you know, she'll she'll be very critical. And it's like, mom, you know, get off my back. Like she can say and do whatever she wants now. It it just rolls, it just rolls away. There's no pain point anymore, or no uh, hurt point anymore with her. Mm-hmm. And you find that as your vibration raises, things that bothered you just don't bother you anymore. You you have the ability to to view things again with that bird's eye view and with this big presence of love. I mean, that's what I find more and more. So. Yes, of course, if you sit in a deep meditation and you're using bowls and you're focusing and you have an intention, of course, that's going to bring, you know, one of my other teachers, Jonathan Goldman, talks about frequency plus intention equals healing. And so, of course, if I sit clear and focused and um, I'm in a meditation, I'm playing a particular bowl or just listening to the music of the bowls, yes, it will have a different effect than if I'm cooking a nice dinner and I have some nice background music on and it's uplifting my myself at the cellular level or whatever. And the food, by the and way. And the food. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and uplifting the food for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, high vibes are they're good no matter oh, no matter yeah. what, no matter if they're in the background or um, in your consciousness. But that's a great question. So really, yeah, I and and that is what I suspect. You know, uh, what I suspected. If you really go into it, you're going to get more from it. Just like with any intentionality, the more consciousness you put into it, the more you're going to be able to go deeply into it. But there's always that magic going on in the background. One of the things that I wanted to ask you was when you're working with for a group, you're playing for a group. So for example, um, when we were together at the Body Awake Yoga Retreat for Dr. Sue back in the fall of 2019, you were playing these bowls for us while we were going through the asanas. And I remember you saying that there were sounds that were being made that you that those bulls had never made before, which was a wild to me. I just was like, oh my gosh, uh, that was it's so amazing to hear because it was a very powerful. I mean, every session that we did in there was very very powerful. Um, but I wonder when you're playing for a group, are you tapping into? And I think it's a yes, it's an and but we'll see what you have to say. If you're tapping into like the unified field and you're feeling from the group what you think the bowls need to do, or if you feel like you're getting it more from the bowls of like, okay, we need to, you know, as far as what what notes to emphasize or which bowls to kind of emphasize or when to bring in different ones, because it seems very organic when I've seen you playing. It doesn't, and maybe that's just, it's so natural for you that it comes across that way, but it seems like you're really putting your feeling nature into how to play at that moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, the, the bowls never cease to amaze me. I mean, they truly are living beings. I don't know how, I mean, because sometimes I just think, come on, you're a classical musician and now you're playing crystal bowls and communicating with your son who's, you know, who's passed. I mean, what happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, um, I have a feeling everybody listening to this podcast feels this way about themselves (laughs) too. I feel that way. I mean, I just remember I'll because so, I traveled. I traveled all over the world with them. From I, I work in Asia every year with the bulls, and I've I've played them all over the world at sacred sites and in retreats, etc. And I always ask before I travel, okay, who wants to go? Oh, and I just I so whether that. you call that tuning into the field. I mean, I simply ask who wants to go on this trip, and it's always the perfect set of bowls. And I do remember for the yoga retreat, I chose. A grounded A. So once again, A being the third eye. And, you know, so much of what we're doing in in the yoga training is the embodiment work, but also the grounding of our inner vision. And so I based the set on this bowl that's, it's lemon or a gold, so it's activating the solar plexus. It's a zestulite, which is connecting us to the I am presence. So that that picture that Dr. Sue uses so often, this is incredible, that describes her her own experience as she had her awakening. The azestulite is that I am presence. And then there's uh, platinum in that, which is the great balancer of the emotional body. So that was the basis of that set. And then I combined it with an E. So the A and the E make the perfect fifth in music. And this is one of those 
sacred ratio um, intervals um, discovered by Pythagoras thousands of years ago. And so the set was based on that A and that E. And the E was aqua or gold and an apophyllite. And apophyllite is one of the Reiki master stones. It's also a stone of sacred geometry. So it has that whole connection to ah, sacred geometry. I'll just say mm -hmm. it like that. And um, aqua aura is the balance of um, the mental and the emotional body. And gold has to do with illuminated brain. So that set, I think, was five or six bowls, and it was based on those two bowls. Um, there was other bowls in that set, but I remember that every single day those bowls played differently, and there were there were days when the the big A did not play. I could not believe I would you know swirl around it, and it just was um, it was just sort of dull. And then something would shift in the group. And that bowl would play like it was singing this radiant song. So I've come to understand that no matter what I think or feel, I'm the vessel. And that's how I always felt as a, as a classical singer, as an opera singer, that, you know, this human body was trained to create this sound and project and amplify this sound. Um, but it was always something bigger than me working through me or working, you know, as a part of creating the music. And so when I'm playing the bowls, it's the same thing. I, I say my prayer and my intention to become a vessel that is um, dedicated to the highest loving service for all that's, that are present in the room. And every time, it's there's so many amazing stories I can tell of what, what people experience, and they truly play <laughs> differently <laughs> every single time. That's fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. so if we if we speculate on why that might have been. So if that A wouldn't play until it did, do you think that that's because like the, because Dr. Sue talks about, she can see the field, she can see what's happening. So it's fun to like do yoga with her. Even online, she does this where she's just there on her own, but she can like perceive what's happening with the energy of all the people who are doing it across time and space, because a lot of times I'm doing them recorded because I teach at the time that she does them live, but she can see the field. So she knows like, Oh, we need to go into this position because, because of what she sees. But, um, so maybe the, the field, the unified field that uh, of the group hadn't, been able to resonate at that frequency until we could. Yeah, she, you're nodding. Yeah, you can't see. I'm nodding my yeah. head. <laughs> it, it was just amazing. So the whole body awake yoga is really based on the principles of embodiment. And I know for both Dr. Sue and myself, you know, when I have young people that come to me and say, "Hey, Gerald, you know, I really want to open my third eye," and it's like, "Okay, slow down. We're going to ground you, <laughs> ground you first. You know, it's like." I began to understand with, you know, with Dylan's passing that it's the embodiment piece that changes everything. Mm -hmm. So when I'm willing to be in my body where there's discomfort, where there's uh, pain, where there's just, uh, I don't want to go in there. If I'm able to sit in there, everything shifts. And that's part of the, the beauty of the body awake yoga is as I ground myself, as I recognize that I have to be embodied um, and there's you know different ways to achieve that my upper chakras or my ability to see and this 
connection heaven earth will get stronger and stronger mm-hmm. but it's and I always talk to my own students about um, both as a voice teacher and as a coach now for for um, the the sound bowls that we want to be able to sustain it's not something that I don't want you to have a high I don't want you to have a, a high that you go wow that was amazing and you know it was like a plant medicine trip or whatever no how do we sustain this flow of energy that we're building so that means that we have to embody and ground so that we become this sacred vessel where in my case with the sound or in Dr. Seuss with the energy that it's moving it's nourishing it's nurturing this whole human system and it keeps it keeps how do I say like it keeps improving everything you just get better and better you feel stronger and stronger you have more and more awareness you have more and more ability to tap into into the unseen so for example in that yoga retreat by the end of the five days well that bowl was sure singing and there was a a, another a bowl an octave a bowl of that and they were incredible by the end of the five days so we had definitely as a group grounded embodied empowered the solar plexus and the third eye was wow really connected to people seeing their vision their personal visions and just having an expanded um, awareness of what it means to be light in the darkness what it means to 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 see that there is always light even when we sit in darkness and you know that of course that time in November we weren't uh, or October whenever it was in November, November we weren't yeah. we weren't in COVID yet you know right. and um, we were you know, just innocent now. little yogis <laughs> <laughs> it's um but the bowls they really they never cease to amaze me I had one um, experience in February which was World Sound Healing Day and I was playing this big Saint Germain bowl at the sea which is deeply rooting. But it's also working on transmutation and trans transformation, and um, I was guiding a meditation that had to do with releasing ancestral patterning on the mother's side and then on the father's side. And as we were, as I was guiding them in through the father's side, that bull started screeching. It's a low, deep bull. It went. It got this sound that was like, "What is going on?" And I. You know, I opened my eyes and I looked and saw in the room and it was like, okay, okay. There's a lot of, you know, painful patterns that are really releasing and they were coming out in this high-pitched screech. And it's never played like that since then and it never played like that before then. Oh, my goodness. It's... It's a reflection of, I love having, because, you know, you talk about the inner sight and things like that, but, you know, as you talked about the sight and sound, it's all different compressions of energy, and it is a pathway to understanding the energy that's around us, you know? I mean, what a beautiful symbol for that. Um, I, I'm curious, I know we're running out of time and I really want to be able to talk to about what kind of offerings you might have coming up because, um, with your, your workshops and things like that, because I know people are going to want to know how to know more, all these juicy morsels. (laughs) Um, but I was curious about what your regular practice looks like, your own personal, um, practice when you go into stillness and you're you're working on your higher consciousness 
working with your higher consciousness and connecting um, with your your soulful self. Are you using sound? Um, are you playing? Are you listening to recordings? Are you toning? Is it kind of yes, all of that, or what? Wor- what works for you in your in your own experience of your private um, meditation, or 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 what works as meditation for you? That's also such a great um, a great question because it. It shifts. So, I mean, I use sound every single day, and I have the luxury to have, you know, almost 500 bowls here at any given time. So um, I have trouble (laughs) just turning it off at night and going to bed (laughs) um, because there's just there's so much fun to be had. Um, I'll sit every day and play bowls, and some days I'll I'll simply om with them or I'll... I'll just use a hum. And so when we activate our own vibration through a gentle hum, and everybody can hum, you don't have to be a singer to hum, and you allow that hum to create this feeling of, I am my own singing bowl, you can begin to tone yourself through blockages or just to um, focus the, the sound, perhaps where there's a low back pain or a pain in your knee or whatever. I'll use that. I'll tone and sing with the bowls every single day. Um, And it's not that I have a structure where I say um, it has to go like this because I've come to understand that it truly is different every day and I need to leave that space to suddenly, oh, wow, this insight came in. If I had kept myself in the box of what I'm supposed to do in that kind of structure... I wouldn't have gone there. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And so um, I just know that this time per day is set aside for my meditation, but I don't, it's not like I'm going to sit in the same position and do it this way. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an opening. It's an asking um, that what's meant to come through today comes through. Mm -hmm. And I think the using the sound has taught me to be really flexible and really open for me personally, I, I have to use my voice with the bowls, but I'm a singer and I've been a singer yeah. since I'm a young girl. So um, that just feels so good to me. Mm. But I would highly encourage everyone to to get comfortable with their own humming if they don't care to sing and to to use that humming with, you know, you can listen to recordings and hum with them. Um, you can just do it live hum and if you have a crystal bowl it's a beautiful way to sit for five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes for me it'll turn into an hour or suddenly it's two hours and I I don't know where (laughs) that went so um it's just important I think especially now in in the time of of COVID as everything has really shifted that we each find a regular time of quiet of stillness of solitude where you can breathe and feel and again create these embodiment experiences for yourself so that you understand there's nothing too big for us and when we get overwhelming feelings of panic or anxiety or depression or just absolute uh, you know nobody's sure how it's going to go on nobody's sure how life is going to unfold right now so what do I do and if I can sit and I can, as Dr. Sue teaches, to squeeze Mula Banda, to squeeze and make this root lock. 
um, you sit and you become more and more grounded. And then what I've come to understand is an inspiration happens. And that inspiration, I can follow it, whether it means um, we're going to do this writing today or we're going to uh, contact this person today or we're going to take a walk and we're going to do this kind of exercise, whatever it may be. We're going to do yoga and we'll do these positions today. Um, if I allow myself to have direct contact to that inspiration, that it's like the light switch turns on inside me and healing happens as a byproduct. Mm. You know, it's like I don't have to intend, okay, I'm working just on that and I, I'm going to heal that, you know. Like if I had gone after my grief like that, I'd, I'd still be sitting in it, right? Mm. But it's to allow yourself space. And the sound, using the sound, I think, gives you a spaciousness. Mm. You know, and we always talk about in music that great, great music, the profound nature of music is made in the silence it's made in the rests you know how somebody will compose and here's a rest here and then it goes back into movement and then there's a rest here it's that stillness that really creates the whole picture and so it's important for all of us to take and if you can't do it because you're living in a big family or in whatever um take a walk or when you're in your car park for a few minutes and just take those few minutes of silence and stillness and feel your breath, do a gentle hum, you know, and, and feel this, feel yourself as a container, as a, as a, as a, in wholeness, feel yourself in wholeness. Um, That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Now, I know that your sacred sound is still available, the sacred sound series Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have coming up and, and what would you say would be the great first step for somebody who wants to know more about the science of sound, sacred sound? Well, gosh, the, the, as you said, the series, the sacred science of sound, and we had fantastic speakers. Um, it is year. amazing. <laughs> yeah. You had great. I was, I was looking at the, the speakers and the conversations and just, it's a wide variety of a Grammy award-winning musician like um, India Ari or Victor Wooten in combination with Dr. Sue and Dr. Bruce Lipton, Marianne Williamson, um, and everybody's sharing about music and sound and energy medicine and how we can use these for healing. That is available um, on the website, sacredsciencesound.com, and the beautiful thing is that goes to fund a scholarship, and that's all written on the website. It's funding a a scholarship at a new university, uh, Minerva, that has a brand new concept that is so timely now. They graduated first class in 2019, and it is an online platform where the students come from all over the world, and they they stay in different cities for periods of time, but their classes are done online. Mm. So, of course, now people are really looking. There was a big article about Minerva in the New York Times uh, a week ago. Um, but in any case, the money for for that series goes to support scholarships, which um, in my son's name, which are, you know, training young leaders to oh. build a better future for all of us. Um, so there's that. And then um, my new album just came out August 7th. Yeah, I'm very proud about that. And we've been submitted for uh, Grammy consideration. So it's it's really exciting. Oh, congratulations. Um, exciting and so that came out August 7th and that's available on our website either Crystal Cadence or Geraldine Glass. Okay. Then there's uh, trainings so if people are interested in learning about 
Crystal Alchemy Sound, I offer um, a four-hour training and then an intensive 32-hour training, which we just completed for the first time virtually, and it it was so powerful because I kept resisting that. I kept saying, there's no way that sound is going to translate like that, but it was incredibly powerful. And um, and there's a we just finished the Shift, um, Shift Network Sound Healing Summit. I think that's still available for purchase now. And then... Um, there's a big program coming up with Shift in, in September. And then um, there's Tune Up Tuesdays, which are a free offering that I've been doing for almost two years now. So there's free meditations. Every Tuesday is a new one. And um, people can follow us at Instagram at Crystal Cadence LA. So I'm putting a lot of uh, beautiful content, videos and instruction about the crystal bowls there. And um, I do private mentorings, and I still teach uh, voice and help people to open their voices and private mentorings for the Crystal Alchemy Singing Bowls. So everything's on the website, Crystal Cadence, that we offer. And Beautiful. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. So I do highly encourage anybody who has not had exposure yet beyond uh, this this contact to look more there there is a wealth of information and and sharing that um that you're so generously giving so thank you so much that you're just this beautiful beautiful light um i wish everybody could see your gorgeous smile your big blue eyes they're just like you're glowing with these beautiful bowls behind you um but it has been such an honor and a pleasure to have you here so thank you so much Thank you for inviting me. It's, I think it's important that we do know that sound is a medicine that truly has been around as long as humanity has, and that, you know, it's as simple as a gentle hum or a little song or, you know, and and we have a a movement of energy in our own bodies. And Mm -hmm. I just wish for everybody that we can connect always through sound vibration and um, raise our frequency to create more health and wholeness for ourselves and our families and our communities and our world. Oh, that's beautiful. So well said. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gerilyn. And Dylan. (laughs) So thank you also for listening, for joining today. And um, please do check Gerilyn out. She has so many beautiful resources and um, sound is one of those things that you can, as we talked about, you can just have it on in the background as you go, and you're going to get kind of that um, that benefit from it, even if you're not able to fully immerse yourself in it. So it's kind of like low-hanging fruit. Let's, you know, just take that beautiful gift. Um, and so please, please uh, do share this if you um, have found it inspiring and you know others who would benefit from it. And if you like, you can rate and review. And, um, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation. <laughs> <laughs>